0: Good evening.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever time of day you are listening to this. Back again. We are back with another episode of Myth Take. I am one of your hosts, Allison. I am Darren, and today we are getting very close to the end of our mythological tour of the solar system. Today we are talking about the dwarf planet Pluto.
0: Pluto. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and
1: I think we'll probably do one or two more dwarf planets, and then take a little, a little bit of a break, maybe from the astronomy. Yeah. Um, we've probably lost <laughs> everybody. Yeah, things here. are going to get weird. <laughs> yeah. Things
0: are going to get weird. The things are going to get weird tonight. Well, things,
1: things already are. I know. Okay, 11. so...
0: This is podcast number 11, you t- uh, realize. At 12, 12. Is it? Oh, well, yeah. see, I'm even further behind. Yeah, you've blocked yeah, something I've out. I've blocked something <laughs> out. <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah. All right, so Pluto. I have come up with some trusty information from the NASA website, if you we, want to know that's about That's
0: right. It. We we need we need lots of information about Pluto, scientific information. Allison is an expert in <sighs> planetary science. I'm an expert in... Right. Ah, yes, goggles. Yeah, I, I googled it, I it. it, and I found out something about this dwarf planet. And yeah. I like to imagine a world where Pluto is still considered a planet without calling it a dwarf planet, but I'm sure you're going to tell us I why know, it's a dwarf planet and not just a regular planet anymore, but what can you do? Oh, awesome I will ethics. say yeah. that I have an old set of encyclopedias that uh-huh. I inherited from an uncle long time ago mm-hmm. uh and it's still
1: all about the ussr and oh, uh, they're, they're, soviet you know, russia and <laughs> we
0: should have a podcast just on the contents of those but they uh do not include pluto yeah
1: interesting. Yeah. Wow, so it must i must not really old yeah
0: well you know they're yeah. kind of that old you know weird they're very weird yeah so they're a little deficient in certain areas
1: yeah i forgot to write down what date uh pluto was actually discovered
0: well it's okay we can just we i i um, I'll make up it a is, date. Yeah. 1925. How's that sound? Am I close? Goggle it. It was named in 1930. Oh, okay. So there. You, know, you I could be close. You you goggle it
1: while I tell. I'll her. goggle
0: it, and you go. You carry on. This is this is this is a polished production tonight. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna play the heat. Wait, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. did you find it? Uh, January 24th, 1930. There you go. Okay, it was named in 1930,
1: so okay, that makes sense.
0: There you go, you you were close. I was close, I was only off by five years. That's not bad. Hey, not bad, you know, if anything, academics are good guessers. (laughs) Yeah. Are we not, right? We we can make anything sound convincing. Sure, and you know, after years of being beaten over the head with the stick of ignorance, we learn a few things, (laughs) right? And, And apparently, getting close... Like horseshoes and hand grenades is one of those things, right? So here we go. But close only counts in, in horseshoes, horseshoes and hand grenades. Well, yeah, it's better than a you know a blind <laughs> miss. Here you go. Okay. Anyway,
1: our our listeners are probably anxiously waiting um, to hear about about Episode the dwarf 12. planet Pluto. Dwarf planet. Okay. So uh, again, as usual, the links and stuff will be on the blog, and you're welcome to. Uh, we've picked up some blog followers, by the way.
0: Did you notice that? Oh, that's great news. Yeah, it's great. I, okay, I, I love every one yeah. of them. Yeah, I'll send them like Christmas cards. You um, be ki-
1: okay. So leave your address in yeah. the comments, and Darren will I'll send, send you a Christmas, Christmas card.
0: <laughs> it'll be a, a one I get from the dollar store, but it'll it'll be fun.
1: Okay, so dwarf planet. Yes, it is a, a, a considered a member of the Kuiper Belt, which is this asteroid belt. I love the Kuiper Long, yeah, somewhere yeah. somewhere between Neptune and the Oort Cloud. Mm-hmm. And it actually, they also have a fancy. Like the Yeah, I don't think we're going to be talking about the Earth cloud. Um, It's got a fancy name called the Trans-Neptunian Objects. So, objects beyond uh, Neptune. So, Pluto itself is two-thirds the diameter of Earth's moon. Um, So, it's smaller. It's quite small. Oh, it's smaller than the moon, eh? Wait, let me double-check that. I wrote down that it was smaller than the moon. You know, if it is a
0: dwarf planet, why Mm. not?
1: Yeah, it's, it's... Hmm. Uh, uh, See now you got me uh, guessing my basic my basic research facts here. Okay, uh, people can uh, people can fact check that and let me know if I wrote that down wrong.
0: Absolutely. Um, Just a little itty bitty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was the uh, it was the ninth planet until two thousand and six.
0: Oh, that was the day of dread. Yeah. Then what happened that day?
1: Okay, so. well, we'll talk a little bit more about its constitution, and um, okay. and then we'll uh, and then we'll we'll talk about about why why minutes. it got uh, recategorized, not demoted, recategorized. Okay, so um, ice, water, methane, nitrogen—the usual ice that I've been repeating every episode for I don't know how long now. Okay, yes. <laughs> our usual ice that we find on planets. Um, its mass is huge, though. Um, it's, I think it's like fourteen times. Mass of Ceres, which is uh, the a dwarf yeah. planet, which I hope we will still talk about between
0: yep. um, Mars and Jupiter. We could have made this a combined episode because no, our, no. our primary source I very know. much deals with Demeter, right? And Pluto. I know,
1: but this will be a little teaser for next week. Yeah,
0: I know, but we should be moving on. You know, it's well, all good. Too late. Yep. Too
1: late. <laughs> it is what it is. Suck it up. Okay. Um, so it's got a, it's got a, consir- a considerable mass or at least, I don't know, it sounds considerable to me. a mm-hmm. non expert. The orbit is very, very long. You would never have a birthday on Pluto ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Way it, out there. The orbit is 248 years long, earth years long. Yeah. Um, so that's one Pluto year and Pluto is tipped on its side. Like, uh, one or two other places. Um, yeah,
0: Neptune, Uranus. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um and it has a retrograde rotation. So like Venus, it rotates backwards to what Earth rotates. So your sunset would be in the east and your sunrise would be in the west. Oh that's cool. A day on Pluto is six point four Earth days, so it's a slower rotation as that's, well. That's nice. And it's a very, very, very long way from the sun. Um, as much as 49.3 astronomical units from the Sun, AU. which an AU is? The distance from Earth to the Sun. Yes. Okay. Keep a track. And the orbit is very elliptical, so it, uh, it varies. So that's kind of at its, at, at its f- uh, farthest point from the Sun. Mm. Um, and then, of course, it can come at times much closer. Gravity is uh, 6% of Earth's. And let me find the Muxometer here. Yeah, we're super organized
0: tonight. Um, <laughs> I bet you it's not much, you know. No. It's not that. It is no. massive, so the mass of the planet does affect the gravity. Uh, so I would say that it's probably probably com- comparable to the moon. That would be my guess. Because it's a little smaller, you know. That would be probably pretty good.
1: I can't find where I put the mugsometer. Ah oh, well, you know,
0: um, it is the cor- it is the cornerstone of the entire podcast. We is. realize that, and if we really don't have a mugsometer oh. I'm afraid I'm, it's definitely not all those pages away wherever you're flipping. But it, it uh, here I found it. Oh, I found okay. it. Oh, it was one of your early. Oh. And we don't
1: have a Mugsometer because the NASA website that I was using to calculate the mugseometer yes. didn't let me enter your weight on Pluto. There you
0: go. See, blame NASA. So I knew them and the phone company. Always blame them. Okay. And the hashtag is at, uh, at askNASA. And <laughs> if you do that, they will answer your question. I've done it and it's a lot of fun on Twitter. Okay. At well let's NASA. not let's
1: not let's not harass the the, uh, the NASA people about one. But anyway, on it's a, a very it's a very tiny percentage. You could probably jump very, very high as sure. well on on, uh, on Pluto. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. say one tenth, so, like so the surface of Pluto, as I mentioned, we've got the usual ice. Very cratered. There's craters as large as uh, 260 kilometers.
0: That's pretty big. It's pretty big. A lot of action out there.
1: Um, and uh, there's it's dense cratering, and there's also tectonic effects like uh, scarps and troughs and stuff. So cool. there's uh, there's some something, something has gone on there, um, up to 600 kilometers long. There are mountains, which are two to three kilometers or 6,500 feet to 9,800 feet above the surface, Wow. which they think they, um, they're not quite sure why there's such big mountains and how there can be such big mountains because science, um, and they think that it is, um, water, ice, and bedrock that
0: makes up the mountains. Oh, okay. So it was science. Yeah. Oh, science yeah. involved. Blah, blah, blah. There's
1: some science reason right. that makes it makes them confused why there are mountains, okay. or right. made them confused at one point. Um, we mentioned the frozen gases, so we're talking a temperature minus 235 degrees Celsius for our American uh, listeners, uh, minus 391 Fahrenheit. So it is frigid. I wouldn't mind having it a little bit cooler today, but not that cool. <sighs> Atmospheric pressure is also very tiny. It's like one 100 thousandths of Earth, I think. Something like that. Well, yeah, because it's right. a trace yeah. atmosphere. It's next
0: to nothing. Yeah.
1: We, uh, they don't know if it has a magnetic field. Okay. Looks like it maybe doesn't, but um, that, according to NASA, when they wrote their webpage was still to be determined.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So, um, there was a probe, a mission sent out to Pluto. Do you know which one that was called? New Horizons. New Horizon, And it began its detailed studies in 2015.
0: And I think... Specifically, that seems a long way to go just p- New
1: Horizons up. was launched in yeah. 2006. Yeah. And it began its detailed study in
0: 2015. It took a long That's time to get out there. nine years to
1: get out there, yeah.
0: And yeah. it did nothing on the way there. That seems like a big waste. Well, not necessarily. Oh, we it. It may have done out. like flybys or something. Yeah, I don't okay. know.
1: I didn't look that up. You... Take it up with NASA. Take it up with NASA. Again. So the imagery um, that New Horizons was able to produce uh, led them to revise the size of Pluto and the size of its big, its uh, largest moon upwards, right. somewhat. Um, so. So it does have a moon. Oh, it's got more than one moon. Good. Sort of. I don't know if they're technically
0: moons because it it's gets not like little weird a when the things get this small and, and so on, right? Yeah.
1: Like so yeah, so this is one of the reasons of course that Pluto wasn't discovered till the twentieth century because we're dealing with something that's super tiny. It's mm-hmm. dark because even though it's covered with ice, there's mm-hmm. um, a darkening effect, like a chemistry science sort of thing that causes the, yeah. the, the ice to um, get dark and so it's so it's getting very it's little gloomy. light. It's gloomy. Just it's very like, gloomy. You know, the realm of so it's 80s getting itself. very little light, yeah. and it's reflecting very, light, very little light back. Yes, oh, yes. Such so need... so
0: a powerful metaphor. Yes.
1: Yeah, so um, you need the more modern um, technology to And see I learned it. from
0: our friends at Alliterative yes. that Pluto, mm-hmm. the name was chosen, you know, in the same mm-hmm. sort of convention, but. Uh, it written in it or embedded in it as a little bit of a code, PL, for Percival Lowell, the guy who was responsible for its discovery.
1: I did not and know that. It was that. actually
0: named by a young woman who was yep. a friend of hers, uh, a friend of his. and uh, You it, are stealing my thunder here. Well, I, 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 I <laughs> did have to look that I up. I know. And, and you know, they Pluto, should actually listen to that.
1: Pluto yeah. was named by an 11-year-old girl named Venetia Bernay. From Oxford, England in nineteen thirty. Well there she She's the first one. She had a I grown up about. yes, she yeah. had a grown up submit Pluto as her suggested name. And yes, if you have not listened to Alliterative.net well, What was it on um, Endless Knot Endless podcast, podcast. On Pluto that they did back I think I think it's an older podcast maybe. Yeah, it's like the number time. three. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great uh, podcast. Um, so definitely, we we are trying not to cover the same ground no, that they did. No, and we can't. Um, and we really recommend that you listen to theirs. But anyway, okay, so moons. We're talking about moons. No, yeah, I want some okay. moons. I'm, I'm moon, into moons. Moon-like things. Yes. So its largest moon, Pluto's largest moon, is half of its size, and it is called Chiron.
0: Who's, who? Who is he? Chiron? Yeah. Chiron is the uh, kind of spectral figure, the boatman of the mm-hmm. underworld It takes you across the river Styx, ferries you into the land of the dead.
1: And actually, because um, Pluto's not really a planet, and I think you have to be a planet to have a moon. I'm not entirely certain how, how sure. these things work. okay. But it's called a double dwarf planet system.
0: Oh, I get you. So, yeah, they're kind yeah. of hanging around. But it is,
1: but it is really neat because... Um, Chiron is tidally locked with Pluto. So, so the same face oh. of, they've yeah. got the same orbits. So like Earth the, and the moon, yes. So you're always seeing that they're yeah. both orbiting, but you're always seeing so the, same the same face side. Yeah. of, 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 the other object. Yes. Um, it's got a different color. And
0: they call that tidally locked? Yes. Tidal lock. Okay. Tidal
1: locking. Um, it's got a different color uh-huh. from Pluto. Pluto is a little more reddish, um, uh the moon is a little more gray so that suggests that it's maybe got different composition mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: the uh earliest photo from the sounds of it from the looks of it was 1994 by the hubble space uh space telescope and wow. that was when they noticed the color difference oh okay i
0: thought they yeah. really discovered
1: it okay yeah um its orbit as i said is the same as pluto so 6.4 earth days and um, they have since discovered more moons or moon objects. Right. Okay. So in 2005, there were two tiny moons. Now we're talking about super tiny things orbiting super tiny things that are sure. like ridiculously well, far away. Yeah. Okay. If Pluto's so, only two
0: thirds the size of the moon, the things are getting smaller. Yeah. Well, I
1: might not have written that down right, so well, I don't want to make people angry I, I want to
0: stress its veracity. <laughs> it is two-thirds the size of the moon. You're okay, making this I worse. I know, but it's fun. Okay, go I ahead. know, it's fun. Okay, so
1: tiny, tiny moons Nyx and Hydra. Oh, that's cool. So Nyx yeah. is?
0: Nyx is, is a primordial goddess of night. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And Hydra? Well,
0: Hydra is Hydra,
1: right? What is but but our listeners don't oh, know what that it's means? It's a
0: monster, is you know that's what they would be getting at, right? It's a multi-headed yeah. dragon, yeah. you know. Um, Apparently, um, Chthonic of por- dragon of chaos yeah. type yeah. thing, you know, yeah. thrown in with all the baddies out so, there. Yeah. You know?
1: So we're familiar, um, you're probably more familiar with the Hydra in the context of Heracles. Yes. And he has to kill the the uh, Lernian. Hydra. Hydra. Yeah. And every time he chops up a head, more heads grow. And grow. Yeah. So, gives us the expression of, you know, of pointless, endless tasks. Oh, <laughs> that <goodness>. just multipl- <laughs> multiply. It's kind of a... Um, it's a yeah. It's a heroic but,
0: riddle, though. He overcomes it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, yes, chthonic, um, associations with. Yeah, they're monsters. And if
0: I'm not mistaken, there are other features on Pluto that have weird names that are attached to things like Tolkien legend and there's orcs and orcas and all kinds of interesting things. Okay, but I'm
1: not done with the moons. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because we have two more moons that were discovered, um, tentatively discovered, I guess. First discovered, 2011, and then. Um, kind of confirmed in tw- in uh, 2013. Yes. And these were Kerberus, Cerberus, Cerberus. Yeah. The Latin. They spell it with a K though. Sure. So it's a Latin pronunciation of Cerberus. Yeah. yeah. And Styx. And Sticks. who are those two figures?
0: Okay, I'll go with Cerberus first, yeah. and I've used the, the yes. soft C. The one that's uh, familiar. Uh, yeah. And, and Cerberus is the uh, is the hound of hell. Is the three headed dog right? Mm-hmm. The guardian of the underworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, and much can be said about him. We could just have a podcast on yeah, him. Yeah, we Maybe could. we'll just talk about him for half an hour. <laughs> no, no, we can't do that. Okay, but anyways, he's down there. That's, um, Fido of the Underworld. That would be Hades. And he's
1: very friendly because he protects us from zombies.
0: Okay, yeah, well, we'll get to that. Okay. We don't want to, you know. Okay, I'm We sorry. don't want to just tip our hat. <laughs> but Cerberus is the un, is the Underworld Guardian again. And then, what was the other one you mentioned? Styx. Styx. Okay, well, that's one of the five rivers of the Underworld. And? That's the River of Oaks. Riv, river, river of oaths. Yes so and it's and it's also a goddess as well personified yes. as a goddess, yes. a primordial goddess.
1: Um, so Charon, the large moon, um, has similar surface variations um, as Pluto, so fractures and craters, um, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, Nix and Hydra are not spherical. Nix. Um, Nix is what is called a triaxial ellipsoid.
0: Of course, it is.
1: So it's like an ellipsoid thing with three different diameters. Okay. So I'm I'm imagining kind of like a rectangular box with rounded edges. <laughs> i do <don't> not. Know. <laughs> so anyway, that's not scientific though.
0: It's odd. Okay. So I think it's important to stress is the, the notion that not everything is spheroid.
1: Yes. That's what's important. Yes. I, well, right? the Earth isn't even completely spheroid. We're slightly we're slightly squashed. Well, this spheroid. is true. And and that
0: is a revelation to some people, right? But still, not everything is spherical. Yes. All
1: right. So why is Pluto not a planet?
0: I don't know. I I wish I knew.
1: Well, it comes down to words. And Mm -hmm. maybe our friends at our alliterative... DotNet mm-hmm. might want to. Tell <laughs> <use>. us. <laughs> this is more in their wheelhouse,
0: uh-huh. but it comes down to words.
1: Words, words, and ca- words and categorization. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, in two thousand and three, yeah. another object beyond Pluto was found, and this object was called Eris. And who is Eris?
0: Uh, goddess of strife and discord.
1: Yes, and she's known for her famous quote-unquote, Apple of Discord Yeah, um, in the Trojan War.
0: But yes, I know but what you're going to say. My I theory, can say it, but I won't say it. My
1: theory is that it was an orange, right. and I have finally found written in print, not super strong, but somebody else had a... At least one other person has had a similar idea. Yes. So I feel vindicated in arguing that the Apple of Discord was an orange. Go but ahead. that is completely unrelated to this. That's academic okay.
0: corroboration. <laughs> okay.
1: So, the... Um, yeah. So, 2003, an astronomer named Michael Brown discovered um, Eris, and then there started a conversation of what exactly is a planet. How do we want to um, qualify a planet? And the end result of that was that Pluto was um, well. A lot of people use the word demoted. I'm going to say recategorized. Sure, that's the uh, um, on, on the basis point. of its size. And the strength of gravitational field. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, those were two of the qualifications that astronomers felt Pluto didn't really meet to be a planet. But I think this just emphasizes that when we're trying to categorize nature of how... how um, meaningless, I suppose, in some ways it is to, you know, like we, we are artificial, not, not, not meaningless, but we draw these artificial boundaries of what is one thing and not another thing. And, um, sometimes those change with science. Um, but it's us trying to impose, impose that on, uh, on nature, which is kind of interesting. So Pluto can be called a Plutoid. <laughs> Um, and a plutoid. You're really
0: having fun with this, aren't you? <laughs> a, Pluto- a plutoid. Okay.
1: A plutoid is a dwarf planet that is further out in space than Neptune. So well, we mentioned the, do- the dwarf planet series, which is between Mars and Venus, which we should have done back when we did Mars and Venus, but I didn't think about it back then. Um, there are four plutoids um, beyond Nept, four four plutoids, which are the dwarf planets beyond Neptune. One is Pluto. One is Eris. One is Haumea, and one is Maki-Maki. So, um, I...
0: Mahi maki Does that sound maki. like a hawaiian No, it's okay. I, oh. I
1: did not look it oh, up, okay. to be honest. Um, Sounds
0: like like the But Pluto
1: like and that. Eris, of course, like from, from the classical um, mythology. Okay. So, that exhausts my very limited knowledge of Pluto,
0: the planet. Right. Now we have to talk about Pluto... And Hades, the god. Yes,
1: so we are going to be talking about Hades, and as we keep saying, there, of course, is a differentiation um, between the yes. Roman Hades and the Roman Pluto, which has been covered in another podcast by more yeah, and I can, I can just, <laughs> more, more informed than people. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: I could just simply say that we're going to be talking about Hades, yes. the brother of Zeus, mm-hmm. right, uh, and the Olympian god, and even that Qualification is interesting because there's something that we could talk about with that. Uh, but there is also Plutus, which is a Greek god that is often conflated with Hades. So we're just going to accept that conflation. Yeah. We might talk about why it occurred. and then But then there is, of course, there is Pluto, right? The, the Roman. Roman god. Uh, but um, from my um, understanding of, of our friend's discussion, they would be more apt to call... The Hades in the Olympian tradition. If we were just going to pick him up and throw him into the Roman pantheon, dispater mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah, so that was and, my understanding. Yeah, and then because then the Romans also had the Pluto, the Plutonian wealth idea too. But yes. that is more that underworld Chthonic power is more dis dis the uh, dispather. Yes. right? And um, uh, then the other Pluto, yeah.
1: Plut- uh, sorry, what, what was the Greek pronunciation? Plutus. Plutus, yeah. yes, okay. Um, Pluto slash Plutus is about wealth because wealth comes from the ground. Right. So there's that, it's still, there's still that association with the underworld. Minerals, gold, gems come from the ground. Mm-hmm. Seeds are put in the ground and come out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So even though um, it means wealth, it still has that um, chthonic uh, connection
0: yeah so yeah yeah well that, that's true uh it you know and i I just have to preface this by saying that we were a fair amount of time you know getting to this podcast and i had made a series of what i thought were really nice notes and i had and i've just misplaced them so we're, we'll find we're, them tomorrow it's right i'll find them tomorrow. We'll, we're flying off the cuff i had some nice old sources and uh but Anyways, it's gone right now. So we're gonna work mm-hmm. with the we're gonna work with yeah. what we got.
1: So this um, idea. Do you do I need to idea, preface
0: anything or no. No, I'm, okay.
1: This idea of the underworld and there being some kind of place that is the underworld and some divinities associated with the underworld. Um goes back to earliest Greek mythology. Yeah. And it uh, if you want to take a structuralist approach, mm-hmm. it, uh, one of the four primordial beings in Hesiod's Theogony is Tartarus, yes. which in early mythology is some understanding of the underworld. Right. The underworld, um, or Hades, um, because Hades is used both as the god and as the place, um, that we may be more familiar with, with all its various different places within it Mm -hmm. um develops then with more classical over time and um you know by by the classical era we've got a much more nuanced picture of the underworld totally and one important thing to bear in mind is that if you're approaching this from a judeo-christian um experience is that hades does is not the same as hell we don't have in Greek mythology, the idea that good people or people who have fulfilled some kind of uh, act or qualification are going to a heaven, and there is a separate place. Ev- everybody goes to Hades. Yeah. Where you go in Hades, as we just said, yeah. that that gets that kind of recognize. sorted out over time, and that there's you'll different. Uh, yeah. So earliest mythology, there is Tartarus, which is just kind of the underworld. Tartarus later becomes to be um, as I heard one professor put it so eloquently, the sub basement of hades, mm-hmm.
0: um, and that 's a real you really don 't want to yeah. be put down there it 's a penitentiary space, yeah at the beginning it 's a primal being yeah. and then it becomes a geographical location, and it 's always subterranean, yeah, and the underworld itself is subterranean right, mm-hmm. and when we say Hades, we mean the god, but there 's also been this conflation of the idea of Hades as being the place so he is named is it's, the place is the underworld mm-hmm. right and the lord of the underworld is Hades right his name Hades right comes from Adonos Hedonos, which means unseen right it's the unseen one right and that's where he is and that's his realm right? and we can talk about those sort of things and I also like the idea of and it's 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 because we're dealing with a vast span of time, like you had mentioned, right? So things are going to kind of pop in and pop out, but it does change. The geography of the underworld changes. The relationship that mortals have with the underworld and the afterlife changes. The things that we inherit as moderns from the ancients and their sort of philosophy and perspective of death, dying, and the afterworld are all kind of come from this... Uh, evolution, right? So, in, in one of the things that struck me in going back and looking at some of the more archaic sources, than looking at more of the philosophical and later Hellenistic stuff, was the idea that the notion of the underworld, whatever characteristic you happen to be studying, evolves and changes. It's almost like a science that, by by thinking about it and like moving through it, the Greeks have imagined a realm. And created a scientific discovery of a, of a imaginary space that none of them have ever really seen, but it continues to build. One thing builds on top of the other in a very sort of scientific well pro- and, process. And by
1: right? and by, Plato, mm-hmm. um, his myth of Ur mm-hmm. has a very complicated. Yeah. It rolls in this understanding of the universe as spheres, and it's oh, yeah. and, and and it's a very nuanced, yeah. a very a very complicated. Yeah, and, and, and,
0: and, and it, Folds very easily into their philosophy, yeah. right? And that this and it's it's kind of um kind of a conundrum in a way because when you first sit down to say okay we're going to do a podcast podcast on Hades, your hands are tied.
1: Why are your hands tied? Because we don't have a lot of sources, right. mythological sources about right. Hades. Exactly, it's there as a concept. It pops up a few times. Um, Odysseus, for yeah. example, visits the underworld. Right. Um, and we've got the mention from the Homeric hymn to Demeter that we're going to be looking at today. Absolutely. Um, But there's just not myths about him because you go to Hades and you don't come back.
0: Yeah, so there's not a lot of primary sources. So in a a podcast that deals with primary sources, right away we're thinking our hands are tied. But then, you know, the more that I thought about it and stepped back from it a little bit, uh, I kept thinking, you know, this is a concept that is actually bigger than, than simply just talking about Hades, mm-hmm. right? Death is something that uh, is omnipresent in all of these myths, right? And the this exploration of death and dying and so on is, is not only fascinating from a Greek mythological perspective, but from an interdisciplinary dis- perspective as well. So there's lots of other things that we can talk about that are re- in relation to this uh, concept of death, right, or the lord of the underworld, right?
1: Okay, so I don't think, I think we've got a lot more to talk about than it might seem at first. Well, that's my point. So we'll just point. have to see, yeah. yeah so, like it's so kind I'm of saying, like a
0: Chinese box.
1: So I'm just saying, we're going to have to see how far we can yeah. we can get through in our, in our allotted uh, hour mm-hmm. or so. Um, so why don't we get started with... Um, our first selection. With our first selection. We're going to read a couple of different passages from the Homeric Hymn to Demeter, but uh, we're going to start with the with a passage very close to the beginning, lines 1 to 23. Demeter, fair-haired, holy goddess, I begin to sing her and her slender-ankled daughter, whom Adonia seized, and loud thundering, far seen Zeus granted it, without the knowledge of Demeter of the golden sword and splendid fruit. As the girl was playing with the deep- bosomed daughters of Oceanus, picking flowers, roses, and crocus, and beautiful violets throughout the soft meadow, and irises and hyacinth, and the narcissus, which Gaia made grow as a trick for the blushing maiden, pleasing the one who receives many by the will of Zeus, a flower shining marvellously, a wonder for all to see, both immortal gods and mortal men. From its root a hundred blooms had grown forth, and their fragrance was very sweet and the whole broad heaven above, and all the earth laughed, and the salty swell of the sea. Then, struck with wonder, she reached out with both hands to take the lovely toy, but the wide-pathed ground gaped open, along the plain of Nyssa, where the Lord who receives many sprang out with his immortal horses, the son of Cronos, worshipped under many names. He seized her against her will, and on his golden chariot carried her off wailing, And she cried aloud with a shrill voice, calling on her father, the highest and best son of Kronos. But no one, either of the gods or mortal men, heard her cry, not even the olives with their splendid fruit. So, right there, we see lots of different names for Hades. Uh, I think there were three. It was a casting call (laughs) Um, That's
0: in the proem, right? Um,
1: Yeah, so there's the... um, Idonius, the unseen one. Yeah, the yep. the unseen one. Yeah, um, he's also called uh, son of Kronos. Son
0: of Kronos. Yeah.
1: Um, which other ones did we have? It's
0: like Lord of many. Lord, Lord of, of many. Lord of the many, and that's the, that's the countless dead. Yes, exactly,
1: and yeah. Hades is always depicted as being a very patient god. He yeah. just sits down in Hades because he knows sooner or later mm-hmm. everybody is going to have to come down to him, and he lets Zeus and Poseidon and everybody else squabble <laughs> about the living yeah.
0: mortals. Yeah, let them do their things. And I read an interesting fact in about the relationship, well, the ratio between living and dead and, and the living and the dead, and it wasn't until the early to mid-19th uh, century... That the ratio of the living outweighed the ratio of the dead, so all this time there was much more dead than there were living, but now we 've surpassed that. there are more people alive now uh, uh, than than there are ever uh, have ever died, so he's, he the ratio's a little off, but at that particular time, right yeah when they call it the the vast host of of the dead right and and uh, I have a good quote you know it's and it 's a shame i i don 't know if, if you remember, but it 's a shame that we weren't doing this in October.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I of a was Halloween thinking that. Episode, yeah. <laughs>
0: right? It has more of a of a spooks yeah. and specters kind of feel to it, right? But the idea is that the dead uh, always want us to join them, right? Mm. That they so, frighten us because we know that one day we will.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, for those who are not familiar with the hymn to Demeter, and I think we've already referenced it um, a number of times in our mythological tour, but this hymn, the there's there's a lot packed into it. It's one of the four longest hymns. The basic story, in a nutshell, is uh, Zeus marries off his daughter Persephone, yeah, um, his story. daughter with with Demeter, marries her off to Hades um, without telling Demeter, which he's, which technically he's not allowed to do in Greek custom, um, and I, and I think that's the context we talked about. In, in before, yeah. um, in terms of Zeus and what it says about Zeus. Um, Hades and, is in because he's
0: the bridegroom.
1: Yeah, and Persephone is married off to Hades. So yeah, this particular, this particular um, episode that I just read is the episode where Hades comes up out of the earth to snatch her away. So... Instead of waiting patiently, <laughs> yeah. um, but he well, she she's immortal because she's a she's a goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the maid. He takes he takes her away. Mm-hmm.
0: The doctor.
1: Um, one of the reasons that he is worshipped by many names is because nobody wants to upset him by calling him by the wrong name or forgetting one of his names. So, um, and it's that idea of not wanting to say something bad in case in case you invoke it and that that's that's something that's just ingrained
0: in us even today to invoke it to call upon its power exactly um so it's like voldemort him who cannot be named yes right exactly yes
1: so was there anything in particular that you wanted to draw out with this passage what's from the proem yeah
0: well, no, you, it's, Just, that, it's, that's sort of the lights, camera, action scene. Okay. It's the moment of abduction. Hades actually comes up from the underworld and seizes her. He passes through the uh, infernal barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passes from the land of the dead into the land of the living. He can do that. I
1: think right? this is the only time we ever see that, though. Isn't uh, that
0: well, there are, it? Well, again, there are so many yeah. stories. Like, yeah. it, 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 I could say that. You know, but, but there might there, be there's always somewhere. you know some yeah. like you know some obscure yeah. thing. You know, death is always watching the helmet of Hades. Yeah. You know, and so, but we have to we see here in this in this hymn specifically that Gaia acts as an intermediary, an agent that allows the sort of uh, the temporary um, opening mm-hmm. of the infernal barrier. Right? This, um, oh, what do they call it? Uh, tenebris uh, impedimentum in mm-hmm. Latin. And this is a dark portal, right? Dark barrier between life and death. There is a world. There is an underworld. And so he comes up. She opens it, opens this gate. And uh, he comes out, seizes her, and then back down she goes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the moment of abduction.
1: And we won't go into it um, today because this is a much larger mythological theme. But whenever you see a maiden picking flowers in a field... Look out. Um, no, pay attention. Talking, pay attention right. because we're talking... The, like, the story is 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 a rape story, yeah. effectively. So that would make a great podcast episode sometime to look yeah. at. To reptile. Yeah, reptile. Yeah, to, to look at those. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, everything's a little too perfect and a little too happy. So, of course, something is Yeah, going. and Zeus
0: is behind the whole yeah. thing. He's writing the check, yeah. right? So that, that's Zeus' S- deal.
1: Okay, so, we'll so, after Persephone is snatched... In yeah, um, this
0: arranged political marriage. Yeah,
1: um, without Demeter's knowledge. Mm-hmm. She wanders the face of the earth as a grieving mother. She winds up in Ulysses. She tries to deify a, a mortal child, and that doesn't work. And then she has another... Did um, she just cries a upset. lot. No, I want my baby
0: back, I want my baby yeah. back, I want my baby back.
1: And then, so yeah. finally she withdraws even from the mortals. And, yeah. she's not, and she's the goddess of grain, which we will... Yeah. If we do a if series episode, we'll be repeating most of this. Yeah, but she's the goddess of grains, so if she's not around, times are tough for mortals, and yes. they're not able to to uh, continue their agriculture, so they aren't making the offerings to Zeus. And finally, Zeus notices that something's not right. with Yeah, and takes
0: step to correct the imbalance.
1: So our next passage then um, is much later, and
0: it starts at three uh- thirty-four. I will say that, as a result of the grief of Demeter right um, this idea of her withdrawal that you mentioned causes uh let's just say it's like a a planetary um what do they call it not a drought but a famine yeah right and and this men are not able to plant yeah. they can, but it just doesn't germinate it just doesn't work because she's actively. Denying the the this process, right? And men, right, are defined by eating, right? Yes. And when you're alive, you eat, right? Yes. And when you're dead, you don't. Yes. Right. So this is an important thing. Yes, to, to that make is no very note.
1: important. Um, so this next passage, um, starting at line three thirty-four. When loud, thundering, far-seeing Zeus heard this, he sent Argeophantes of the Golden Wand to Erebus, in order to persuade Hades with gentle words, and bring back from the mystic gloom to the light among the gods, holy Persephone, so that her mother, seeing her with her own eyes, might cease from her anger. And Hermes did not disobey, but leaving his Olympian seat, he rushed quickly down to the hiding places of earth. He found the Lord inside his house, sitting on a bed with his shy wife very reluctant in her longing for her mother standing near the mighty argiophante said dark-haired hades lord of those who have died father zeus bids me bring noble persephone out of erebus among the gods so that her mother seeing her with her own eyes might cease from her anger and her terrible wrath at the immortals for she is devising a great plan to destroy the feeble tribes of earth-born men by bearing the seed under the earth and utterly destroying the honours of the immortals. She is terribly angry and does not mingle with the gods, but aloof in her fragrant temple she sits, dwelling in the rocky city of Ulysses. As he spoke, Enidonius, lord of those below the earth, smiled with his eyebrows, nor did he disobey the commands of Zeus the king. Quickly he ordered thoughtful Persephone, "'Go, Persephone, to your dark-robed mother, keeping a gentle spirit and temper in your heart,' And do not be too despondent beyond the others. Among the immortals I shall not be an unfitting husband, you know, since I am Father Zeus's own brother. And when you are here, you shall be queen of all that lives and moves, and you shall have the greatest honors among the immortals. And there will always be punishment for those who have wronged you, those who do not propitiate your spirit with sacrifices, performing holy rites and offering proper gifts. So he spoke, and wise Persephone rejoiced, and jumped up quickly in delight. But he himself, in secret, gave her the honey sweet seed of a pomegranate to eat, peering around him, so she would not remain all her days again with revered Demeter of the Dark Cloak. Then the ruler of many, Edonius harnessed his immortal horses in front of the golden chariot, and she mounted the chariot, and beside her the strong Argiofontes, taking the reins and whip in his own hands, hastened from the halls, and the two horses flew readily. Swiftly they finished their long journey, and neither the sea nor the water of rivers nor the grassy glens nor the mountain peaks held back the onrush of the immortal horses, but above these they cut through the high air as they went. Hermes brought them to a stop where fair-wreathed Demeter waited in front of her fragrant temple. All right, so a lot actually happens in there, and there's a lot that we can unpack about... Hades and the underworld.
0: Yeah. Maybe or, too much.
1: <laughs> maybe too much.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's the rescue scene. This is the famous rescue scene. Yes. The return. Yeah. So,
1: well, wh- why don't we start at the beginning then? All right. Are you good with that? Sure. Okay. All right. Um, so, Hermes. Hermes, why Hermes is the man.
0: Hermes, Hermes is the herald of Zeus. He's the messenger god. He's also known as the Psychopompus. The uh, leader of souls, uh, Sike, right, and uh, he uh, is one of the beings in the cosmos who has the capacity to travel into the underworld through that dark barrier that I was talking about for, before, because of his relationships. Well, and more importantly, come back. Yeah, and to come back, right? Yeah. and um, he can move in and out without, with, without, with penetrating that boundary without, with, but leaving it intact, and that's what's important, mm-hmm. right? you don't want to go to the underworld and have to smash the door open and the door stays open and the nameless dead, if, you know, if like come, you know, bursting out into the land of the living, like the revenants, yes. right? And, you know, Homer calls it, a well, like a, a moldering horror, you know, that doesn't sound like a really nice place,
1: right? And actually, that um, passage in the Odyssey, I don't remember what book it is, uh-huh. but where Odysseus goes to the it's, underworld. It's the Necusis in, in,
0: in Book 11. Yes.
1: Yeah. He uh, revives some of the dead, yeah. and as there's just this horde yeah. of these...
0: His specters and ghosts. Yeah. yeah. They all yeah. want blood. They're yeah. hematophagious. They drink and consume blood. The life force of men, right? Yeah. And it's and not... That's, an, that's all they eat. They are, they are, in essence, in the Greek, from the Greek model, they're all vampires. We should do that passage for Halloween. Yeah, we should do That'd that. That'd be a great passage. Yeah. yeah. I, I, in, a, you know, in a way, you could say all the dead are vampires, right? Because that's what they want, right? Yeah. I know that, you know, vampires is another one of these things, you know, that just keeps going through even to the present day. But the ancient Greeks believed in vampires. Yeah. You know, if, if, you, if you read Book 11 of the Odyssey... They just didn't call them vampires. Yeah, then. they just didn't call them vampires, mm-hmm. that's all. They consumed blood so that they could gain some of their former life and the capacity to speak. So
1: Hermes is also called yep. Um and that's one of the things that can trip people up with Slide With, appetites. with uh, reading uh, primary source material. So always get a good translation that's uh, got some footnotes to help you along here. And artist. then um, he goes to Erebus.
0: Yeah. So we've got is another
1: the, name yeah. for the under for the underworld. Erebus here.
0: is the is the dark undergloom. It's it's sort of the region that's around the halls of Hades itself. It's filled with sort of wandering specters and ghosts of the dead, right? It's it's a it's a term for a more provincial spot of the underworld, right? It's a location in the underworld itself. It's also the name of a god, right? It, a goddess or a god I think it was a I think it's a female yeah uh, from the so. primordial order back in Hesiod's Theogony one that of the means utter of darkness me. Chil- right yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and 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 that one is the is the binary opposite to aether the uh, the the bright heavenly light right yes. so this is the undergroom, right the utter pitch black right that type of dark that you know when you're in a in a cavern or in a closet in a basement or something where you put your hand in front of your face you can't even see that it's just it's like you, a blindness
1: Right. and there's there's a really great word for this too um, catabasis
0: yeah, the, the catabistic journey yeah in yeah. this, so that's, this that's, journey that's a journey way of looking at it
1: this journey into yeah. the underworld
0: yeah, because Hermes himself yeah. undertakes this at the command yeah. of Zeus to do this journey, and he doesn't want to go there. who wants to go there it, it's of course it's his job to to you know bring people to the far border though no, the near border of the river of the river Styx. Yeah. But he doesn't want to loiter too long down there. He's got a job to do, and he gets it done. He wants to get out of there like anybody else, even like our hero Odysseus. And it's
1: interesting too that he's ordered to persuade Hades with yes. gentle words. Love that. Yeah. What's your take on that? Why? Well, I love it. Why? Why not try to force Hades?
0: Yeah. Well, hey, you know it's it's the guest-host relationship, right? Zeus is large and in charge. As you would, you might expect that he would say you know, like Superman rescuing Lois Lane, Lois Lane from the clutches of like like the villain Lex Luthor or something, go down there, grab her and get the hell out, right? Her yeah, mother. Yeah, so why not? Yeah, so why not do it? But this is Hades' realm, right? This is his place. Here he's... Respecting uh, he's, boundaries. Yeah, he's, he's large and in charge, right? And if Zeus, who obviously puts a great deal of stock in the system that he's created, he needs to maintain and respect the boundaries of those gods uh, that are under his control in a way right even that might be a bit much but the system right needs to be maintained and respected so i can't go around (laughs) infringing on your on your duties right on your on your in your timai your honors right yeah so uh, hermes has to play once again this role that we see him often play in myth that of the diplomat right Persuade, and,
1: and we have that passage that we looked at with Neptune, yes. um, in the Iliad, that references the drawing of lots for yes. the three different spheres, spheres, Of yeah. uh, spheres of, of the influence. underworld. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's part of the cosmic model, right? But uh, what I'm speaking about is not only the cosmic model, but what the gods themselves are, are sort of what their functions, are, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, so that, that's he needs to be persuaded. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Hermes finds Hades and Persephone sitting uh, sitting on a bed, so like a couch of some sort. Yeah.
0: Um. That's a shocking thing to find. Right. Because, what was your last? What was the last sort of image that we just read? Persephone, of Persephone?
1: was terrified out of her mind. Right. Ducted.
0: Right. Yes. Snatched away.
1: Right. So. She's, so now she's sitting beside Hades. Yeah. Um, and she's described as very reluctant in her her longing for her mother. Yes. Um, but what we really see in this passage that I read and in this hymn, I really see it as a, as, uh, a liminal story of Persephone, a coming of age Mm -hmm. story where she has transitioning. Mm -hmm. Um, she's still in the transition process here, but transitioning from the terrified young girl to the married wife. Yeah. She's, or, or else. the happy young girl, the the innocent child, yeah. to the married wife.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, she's she's entering into the second life stage of a Greek woman. From maiden, she's tr- because they call her the maid,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And you you temples temples all over Greece. Kore, yeah. Kore, the maiden or the maid, right? Yeah. And then you have Demeter, the mother. So you see a temple to the mother and the maid, Demeter and Kore, Demeter and the maid. They're all over the place, yeah. right? So here she is, right? And and again, to use that analogy of Superman on a rescue mission to rescue Lois Lane from the bad guy, right, the villain, you would expect, as Superman, in this case, Hermes comes rushing in, that she would run into his arms, right? Get me away from but this terrible she doesn't. man, save and me from this place,
1: right? And in fact, what she does is the opposite uh-huh. of that. Yeah. Um, so... Hermes... Can you
0: imagine Hermes in that situation?
1: Hermes asks, Uh and Hades says, Okay, go, Persephone. Um, Because he knows she's going to come back. And he also knows that as gods go, he is a pretty good catch. Yeah. Because he's the equal of Zeus.
0: Yeah, he's the Zeus of the
1: underworld. Yeah, he's the Zeus of the underworld. Um, And so she promises, or he promises her the honors that she will have Mm -hmm. and the worship that she will have as his wife Mm -hmm. and that if people don't sacrifice and do everything properly that yeah they'll they'll be punished Mm -hmm. and then the pomegranate seed
0: in secret. no oh, uh, no oh, before you get oh, to that and i know i know you oh, want to get to I that point. The <laughs> i know you can, and you can you can pomegranate it out right after this <laughs> but i okay. want i want to look okay again think of the dynamic okay now from a narratological perspective you have three characters right hermes approaches hermes says his little thing father zeus has sent me here yeah. He lay. He, he's truthful, right? Yep. He tells him about the plan. He says that there's a problem to the natural order of things. Demeter's going to kill all the humans. We've got to do which something. Which isn't.
1: Which there's no right. reason for Hades to really care about that necessarily. Well, you know, the going to Come to Hades. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, I, people say things like that. Like, like, well, great, because then he's going to get a lot of business. Sure, he's going to get a lot of business. But then what happens? Yeah. Right. Then. Then, then it all goes to pot, right? Yeah. Because then we don't know, and we've got to renegotiate everything again, and who knows what's going to happen. But we don't want to get to that. We want to stick with, and even Hermes himself uses, uh, Hermes, Hades himself uses the word Father Zeus, right? Mm -hmm. He recognizes the role of Zeus as the father, right? And he is. He's the one that resided over Hermes, I mean, Hades' second birth when he was um, vomited out of Cronus, right? Uh, And he does a number of things in that capacity as father, as well as brother. So Hades knows what's going on. And there's a little line in there. But anyways, you notice these speech acts, and that's what they are. They're performed speech acts. They're saying things, and these speeches are actions into themselves because Hermes is there, hearing, yes, and seeing it. And who's he speaking to? He's not. After he hears Hermes's little, you know, ditty, he turns to Persephone and tells her all these wonderful things, right? About but he what knows will that happen. But he knows that who's Hermes listening. Hermes is still there. Hermes is there listening. So this public performance of you will get this and i will give you this and um, you will be and i will punish those who don't you know all these sorts of things come from the husband naturally even in a mortal comparison to the wife right mm-hmm. so he's establishing their marriage right then and there right and there's a little part in there that's part of uh, it's always been a bit of a conundrum for for myself and i loved to look at it but the way it describes his eyes do you, do you know that particular part that's just before that after Hermes delivers his speech, and he, he Hermes, smiles with his eyebrows yeah that 's right Her, Hades has this little this little thing right where he, it says he smiles with his eyes or he smiles with his eyebrows, and the translation's a little off because we don 't have Hades smile Hades yeah, because yeah. we don 't have all the nuances of, yeah. of, the, of the ancient Greek to give us that facial characterization, but my contention is with with others is it 's a very much a telling look that he, 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 Hades knows what is going on and he knows what Hermes was going to say. He knows that eventually, you know, this was too good that Hermes would come, Zeus would send him, and that this girl, who he wants as his wife, and who she wants as his, as her husband, would be taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's the look that you're getting right there. And it's like, but you know what? He's cagey. He is right? cagey. He's cagey. So here's the solution. Go ahead. And the
1: solution is the pomegranate. And right. as you alluded to earlier, eating is important here. Yes. Okay. So... It symbolizes. It symbolizes
0: community. Community,
1: yes. Okay. In life. Um, so, we see that in lots of different places in myth, totally. and here is of it's a very very important and it's highly symbolic as well. What they ate is the pomegranate seed. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll be honest. I had never had pomegranates until. I started teaching this. And then I'm like, oh, pomegranates. And when they come out in November now, I've got, I love pomegranates. They are so good. But you know, they are messy. They are. And they squirt red juice everywhere. And they're prolific. There are millions of little seeds inside of those. Those are the things that make it a symbol of fertility and marriage. absolutely. So the juice of the pomegranate seed symbolizes the uh, blood of, first sexual um, action in marriage sure. yeah. and, the and, seeds, and the blood of life and the blood of life yes. the blood and of life. the seeds of course, fertility. Mm-hmm. And again, that's associated as well with marriage and children. Yes, So it's, it's not just that they eat together, mm-hmm. which is very important because mm-hmm. then they're establishing community, but it's also what they eat together yes. is, is also very important. And the words around it, because he says, But he himself, so Hades, Mm -hmm. in secret gave her the honey sweet seed of a pomegranate to eat. Yeah. And who's the secret? Keep reading that part. Yeah. What's he saying? Hearing around him. Uh huh. So he knows that Hermes is watching. So mm-hmm. he slips her this seed and she eats it willingly. There's there nothing yeah. to indicate yeah. that she is being forced to eat the pomegranate seed. And if right. you don't read that passage,
0: you, carefully, buy the, you buy the mother's line, then
1: you buy what she
0: tells oh, what her mother. Mean, that's right. The, the because
1: white line. what she tells her mother
0: oh, when you, she, yeah, you, you're going to read, you don't have to. Read. I'm, yeah, oh, no, no. Okay. no I'm, I'm
1: just going to oh, compare okay. it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I am i am i will not read it all. Um, but what she tells her mother, well, okay. So she shows up and you can happy embraces and they're thrilled to see each other. And oh, her mother, daughter, love oh, and then her mother's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, yes. Promise me. Tell me. Yes. Did you eat anything?
0: Right. And because Persephone
1: is like, hmm, what do I tell mom when I come in uh-huh. at five in the morning uh-huh you know, little do, white lie. Do, do I tell her that I was at a party or I was studying at a, friend's? a friend? Mom knows, so, but what white are lie. you going to tell her? That's right. And Persephone tells her, um, a lie yeah. that it was forced on her.
0: Yeah. The villain did yes. it to me.
1: So now Hades is being painted as a yeah. villain. Yeah. And Demeter lays out exactly why this could be problematic. Mm-hmm. But if you ate anything, you will go back beneath the depths of the earth. Because she had eaten in the underworld, mm-hmm. she belonged to the underworld now. Mm-hmm. And not wanting to disappoint her mother, mm-hmm. Persephone um, changes changes the story. Yeah, bit. She, yeah, she so if you don't read that initial pomegranate scene very carefully, yeah. it's very easy to buy what she tells her mother. Right. Um, and so people often... They make that mistake. People often m- miss that. It's an that. mistake. It's be, yeah. Um, so, so she's done this. Hermes, ha- it's been done secretly so Hermes can't see. So they are married. They yeah. are At that moment, it's their nuptial. Yeah, that's yes. that's their I do's. Yeah, that's their I do's. And, eye
0: dudes. They are, and like, a, like in a contemporary wedding where a bride and a bridegroom would exchange, say, a piece of cake this is the this or is rings a, the, or, yeah or yeah, ring sure that's, even yeah, that, that's and the more in a symbolic, family, yeah. and, but in the eating yeah, I'm yeah. thinking oh yeah, right? okay, yeah, yeah so we have uh, we have a community right yeah. and, well it's the, it's the the community of two is the smallest community yeah right so that, that's the, the first otherwise you're, it's just a thing so th- this is yeah. the beginning of it
1: so Hades lets her go and yeah. he knows that she will come back that yeah. she has to come back because yeah. she belongs to him and that Absolutely. marriage has been effectively consummated
0: right um, and they've negotiated the... The, the, the terms of it, the yeah. Terms of the... He's laid it the, out. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Of the transference between the land of the living and the land of the dead. Her movement between the spheres, right? Yes. Her movement between the underworld and, and earth and the celestial abode. And
1: Persephone becomes one of the very few uh-huh. who is able to move between yeah. the underworld and the above world. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's just say that. Yeah.
1: Um, so... She leaves with Hermes mm-hmm. and I just read the length of that because I like the imagery and I just kind mm-hmm. of imagine them bursting out of the earth and just going
0: flying
1: sure. on their flying oh, on it's their great. horses.
0: Again, it's a very powerful speech act and a very public kind of thing that we see it from this narratological perspective. Because Hermes, even after this negotiated scene, after they after he gives her the pomegranate seed and she willingly takes it, you might expect if you know, knowing what you know about this situation, that Hermes would say, Alright, well that's done and would take a hold of her of Persephone's arm and fly her up out of Erebus into the realm of Zeus, right, yeah. into the Olympian sky. But he doesn't. Her method of exit to Olympus, or actually to Eleusis, is on the chariot of her husband, right? Yes. So, I like to use the analogy of, here, honey, here's the keys to the Cadillac, right? So, when she arrives in the presence of her mother, and she arrives later there on She is Olympus, arriving
1: as his wife.
0: Yeah, she's arriving as his wife on her husband's mode of conveyance, right? The golden chariot of Hades, driven by the immortal, m- the immortal black mares, right? Yeah. And who's driving it? Hermes. Hermes. So, Hermes becomes relegated to the role of a chauffeur. He's got the little hat and the black (laughs) gloves and the black suit, and he doesn't. really are white gloves. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going with black. Okay, and then and it works, right? And then, so you know, imagine that rolling in on the red carpet, right? Boom! Right away, Demeter. No question. She's like, "Oh my God, I thought I raised my daughter better than that,"
1: (laughs) right? She has gone off and got herself married. Yeah, it's a head slap,
0: right? And then you know how it works out. But uh, again, a very interesting insight. Into a character uh, of Hades that I would say has um, been much maligned at, at, by many who don't really know that much yeah, about. Yeah, and it he just becomes easy. a hobgoblin or a villain or a boogeyman of some yeah. kind. Yeah,
1: and 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 with Christianity, he becomes um, equated with hell and the devil and that sort of thing. But that's not what he was for the Greeks. And, and I think it's important just to keep in mind the biases that we might come to the text Mm. with, but I do want to point out this, um, Mm -hmm.
0: what else struck you as interesting?
1: Well, how are we going to negotiate the situation that Persephone belongs in the underworld, but her mother wants her back?
0: That right, Persephone belongs in the underworld, but her mother... Oh yes, yeah. uh, well, yes, well, we've got to get the so, boss in charge.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. what is ultimately decided is that Zeus and Hades come to an agreement that Persephone would spend a third of the year mm-hmm. um, under the world. In and, the underworld, yeah. In, yeah, With Hades, yeah, and two-thirds mm-hmm. with her mother.
0: Right. So, but, uh, okay, good, but who did it? Who negotiated it?
1: Um, Rhea. I, there you Rhea go. Yeah. The, their mother. Zeus, yes. is, Zeus. They went
0: to mummy. Grandma yes. negotiated They went this. to grandma. They called up the grandma and said, deal with it. Yeah. Right? And because she was the only one that could make Zeus listen and Demeter listen. And that's yeah. the sharp stick right there. Yeah. Right?
1: Go ahead. Yeah. So. A third um, two thirds. A third and two thirds. Absolutely. So. One of the things that it's reflecting here is the agricultural season yes. in the ancient world, which is very different yes. from from our agricultural it's, world. It's inverted. They planted, yeah, it's inverted. And um, it was the summer when they didn't yeah. grow things because Scorched. it was too hot. Nothing, it's, I mean, hey, if you tried to garden this year, at least here in, in On- mm-hmm. where we are in Ontario, it has been like a oh, drought we're, we're and, a it's, it. and it's scorching, it is not back to school weather um, in the least. Um, so in the summer was when you didn't plant. That okay. was when you went off and you did your war and your, your but, warmongering.
0: But I will say it is, in, it is during that time when the community draws upon the stores of grain that are stored in the earth, the yes, wealth of the in earth. the pithoi. Plutus, right? It could yes. be in, in pithoi or like in carved yes. out caverns or whatever. Yes. But these storage silos are stored underground, right? And yep. that's where that food, that bios that you eat, that makes you alive. That sustains you through the the terrible heat of the yeah. summer and the war season and the rest of it comes from. And that analogy of Hades and Plutus, right, being associated with the life of the earth comes from that as well. Yeah. Right, it's not just he's just like a skull and bones death no, guy that lives no, in a cold. No, no, he's very much no, about life. There's about there's a bios. There's so a yeah. life, right? Yeah, and and he's responsible for. Um, Much of that.
1: And so pithoi that I just um, referenced, these are jars. So they're made out of terracotta and they're huge. Like you could easily fit a person in them. And in fact, on the Amazing Race last season, Uh I hope I'm not giving out any spoilers here, but the teams had to clean out these huge jars that Mm -hmm. were used for wine, traditional winemaking somewhere in Eastern Europe, I think. Nice and they were buried in the ground. Awesome. And they had to use a ladder to get in. And that's, I mean, the shape's yeah. different, but that is the same idea yeah. as and, a pithoi. A, that, is, a... that is it exactly. Right, and,
0: and the pithoi, from a mythological perspective, is a huge metaphorical complex that yes. we could talk a great deal about, yes. but we're not going to go no, into no, that no, no, any no. further. No. Suffice it to say that life comes from the yes. earth, and yes. it's stored in the earth too, it's right? Sto- yes. It's stored, it's made yes. safe in the earth. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. yes, so... My point, my point just being that this is, this is not a story about seasons. I mean, yes, it can be used to explain the seasons, but there's far more about, there's far more to this than, than just the seasons.
0: Absolutely.
1: And one of the key things in my reading of, of this, um, of this work is Zeus's extension of influence into the underworld, because now he has Persephone that moves between the earth and the underworld. And she is his daughter, and so now he has some influence. He has he has that link with what Hades is doing. Totally. He can keep an eye on Poseidon fairly easily. Totally, but Hades is off in the gloom doing his own thing. But now he He's has on a sort side of,
0: of the tenebris impedimentum. Yes, yes.
1: yes. So yes, um, you can use Persephone to explain the seasons, but it is much it's much more complex.
0: Yeah, and than a close that. reading of the text t- uh, of the hymn itself t- tells you that there are still seasons yes. and men do try to plant. Yes. Right. Um, but it just is not working. So yeah. there, there's, there is a, a, still a seasonality that is occurring. Yes. It's just that the, the, the power of Demeter yeah. is, is halting yeah. the, uh, this, this process yeah. of life. So and we will talk cool. more about Demeter when yeah, we do we'll, a series we'll deal episode a bit more because with there is
1: a lot to say about, tough about Demeter. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to say. About him. Yeah. So anyway, in uh, just so you're not on hooks, mm-hmm. um, Fertility returns. Demeter is reintegrated with the gods. Yeah. He returns to Olympus. Temper tantrum done. Famine
0: done. Yeah. Um, and but you get all this good stuff as a result Hersephone. of the, uh, the Bule Deus, Zeus's plan. Yes. Right? And everyone talks yeah. about what is his plan? What is his, his, um, you know, his master plan? Well,
1: and one of the things that comes out of this for more holes mm-hmm. is the cult at Ulysses. Yes. And this is a mystery cult, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, which is used which is a term used to describe religious cults or groups mm-hmm. um, in the ancient world that we just don't know what they did there was a secretive element to yeah. it. and there were anu- there there were a number of these and we just don't know what happened yeah. so with the cult at ulysses we know some factors of it um and I'm not going to go into yeah. all of so I, I didn't I didn't prepare that and I don't no. remember it off the top of my head but the um gist of it is that now mortals, by worshipping Demeter and Persephone, yeah. they have somebody who is looking out for them in this world, yes. for their survival in this world. So who would that be? Demeter. Right. And her, and her daughter, Persephone, who will look out for them in the underworld. Only if you have been so initiated if as you've a initiate in, yes. in
0: the Eleusinian mysteries. Yes. And mystery so, cults are the soup du jour of that era. Yes. For 600 years, right? Those they They, they pop up. And they run through the Hellenistic and they last right through yeah. well longer, even into the Christian era. Well, Under penalty well, Christianity of Christianity
1: itself right. was and considered would, a mystery religion yes, because be, it required initiation right.
0: into it. And, yep, and yep. all kinds of things on ritual cleansing yeah. and everything that becomes part and parcel that many people from the Christian tradition would recognize nice. as an aspect of... Uh, of, of the mystery yeah. religion in general. and so there, there are many yeah, mystery yeah, religions.
1: Um, Isis had, had... Isis, And, and there's the... Um, what's that one
0: with the bull that the Romans had? Uh, like that... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, the Tarabolium. the... Uh, I can't remember what it is, oh, but there oh, was Mithras. One. The yes, myth, Mithras. Mithras. Yes, Mithras. Yeah. Yes, So you have Mithras yeah. and then Isis so, and Orphix. So Orphi- ultimately, Orphi- um, Orphi- um,
1: in this mythology, the humans mm-hmm. benefit mm-hmm. from this, and they come out, they...
0: There's a blessed afterlife. There is yeah, so yeah. and then wow, that's a great thing. So those
1: promises that Hades yeah. made to her about mm-hmm. about taking care of you know, that people are gonna worship her mm-hmm. and if you don't worship her there's gonna be punishment. Absolutely and um, that's that's basically what what comes out of that. Yeah. So so yeah, we see Persephone move from being the child, the maiden child in you know, playing with her friends, to now being a wife. But she's not ever a mother, is she? Uh, Are you aware of any myths? Where I, think there is an Orphic,
0: I think there's an Orphic tale where um, Zeus okay. actually sires a child with Persephone, okay. Zagreus. But
1: she and Hades certainly never... Yeah,
0: but they they do not. And and that's part of the sort of strange conundrum about the fertility of the underworld. Yeah. It's allowed in some in the way that we were talking about earlier to grant some life. Uh, the child Plutus is a, is an infant, right? Uh, and, He's and the
1: New Year, isn't
0: he? Is uh, it could be the, the one New Year baby. That's sometimes yeah, sometimes seen as the New yeah. Year baby. Yeah. You know, the New Year baby. And... Um, you know, you see depictions like of Plutus as being either a, a chubby baby, as a, as a do, um, child of Demeter, okay. uh, and then uh, you also see him as an old man. Yes. So um, it's on both sides of it. And, and the negotiated sort of mythological meaning is that you yourself as the person are in the middle. So you see life, life is expressed from infancy to old age. And, and the, like Merlin is often portrayed as a young boy. Or an old man, right? And then you yourself, as the viewer,
1: are in the middle,
0: yeah. in the middle somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, so you have that that notion that's associated with with you know the bearded middle-aged uh, man, uh, Hades, like like Zeus, is Zeus's brother, that you would see in in the statues. There are not many. Um, you do see Persephone, uh, uh, lots na- of Persephone, lots yeah. of Persephone in the and in also sitting with uh, enthroned with Hades. Um, the sacrificial animal of the underworld is the pig, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll see copper. Which are
1: sacrificed as part of, of the mystery cult at Ulysses. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, your, and also in the... Um, and at Delphi,
0: therefore, and, ritual um, purification.
1: The Thesmophoria, I believe, yes. also had um,
0: Many that. of them around. Yeah. Uh, it's it's about chthonic power and cleansing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, um, the rooster, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, is also seen on there as well. And uh rooster is symbolic of a type of creature that they believed was uh, either bet- halfway between life and death and was responsible for um, transmitting uh, it could it could deliver messages to the underworld so if you ever kind of watch a rooster kind of nick and kick around, they look like they 're always looking at something or after something, and what do they herald? They herald the they scream out when the sun rises, right? Yes. It's the, the yeah. dawn, right? The coming of and the day.
1: And there's lots of animals that are associated. Well, I shouldn't say lots, but there are some animals as well that get associated with, with the underworld. Mm-hmm. And the snakes being one, because they yeah. move in and out of yeah. the earth.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, kind of anything that goes down in, in into the earth yeah. gets, gets those associations of with the underworld. They
0: do. Yeah, serpents are in, are in there. You know, it's usually nastier things. You know, yeah. like serpents are more of a goddess type.
1: Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm just thinking kind of in terms of importance and kind yeah. of that sure. that religious aspect. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably wrap it up because we have gone way longer than usual. Okay. <laughs> um, unless there's anything any burning last-minute things you want to um, bring up.
0: Not that I can. Recall we right do
1: now. have listener mail this time.
0: Awesome. Let's do listener. Yeah. mail. Yeah. Okay. Hello. <laughs> I can't remember. Welcome back. <laughs>
1: I can't remember what sound effect I used <laughs> before. Telephone, so call. we're going to <laughs> go with the old fashioned telephone.
0: Yeah, we're getting them by Telex or the <laughs> yeah. yeah, telephone call. It's a rotary dial. It's so, old. It takes a while to our answer. Our
1: listener mail this week. We had a couple of tweets and retweets. Um, um, but Matthew Scott left a lovely comment on her blog. He's saying, I absolutely love your podcast. I've been interested in Greek mythology since writing my AP English essay on Medea. Yay, Medea's the best he didn't write that i said that um I i really enjoy the fresh takes you both bring to the tales this may be in the works but i'd love to hear more about dionysus and perhaps tying in the role of wine for the ancients linguistically for example homer's labeling the sea as wine dark as evidence the ancients perceived the color blue differently than we do now sure maybe this could turn into a small series on the gastronomy of ancient greece and associated deities Mm-hmm. thanks for a great listen as always and looking forward to more and I think those are some great ideas well we're getting
0: into we're getting into winemaking mm-hmm. season so yes yeah, you know, so you might um, see
1: we'll definitely yeah. uh, do do some more at some point on on uh, on Dionysus yeah. and certainly if you're interested in color our dear friend oh god I know <laughs> People are going to start thinking that they're paying us for the promotion. Um, But uh, the Endless Knot podcast has started an intermittent series on color and how we perceive color. And it's not just ancient, but it's more generally. And they've done one or two colors, I think, already. So I would definitely direct you um, there as well if you're not all already um listening to that but for sure um we can definitely well we talked about food tonight we talked about pomegranates yeah I and, talked about uh,
0: pomegranates saw a great youtube video from a guy who actually knew how to cut one open properly
1: there there is a technique there to is doing a great it.
0: technique and it, when yeah. you do it properly it's just amazing and, okay. and there's none of that stuff the rind is completely removed
1: and it's I'm just have the to seeds find it and we'll post it on our we we'll will. post it on our blog post yes we'll, po- yeah. we'll put it
0: up or we'll blast it out via twitter that works too Yeah, We're both Either or. No, both.
1: So I think that was the only listener mail we had. Like I said, we we did have some shout outs on Twitter. Yeah. And um, we do appreciate that. Feel free to give us a follow. uh, Yeah. So I'm at Innis Allison.
0: I'm at Darren Sundstrom.
1: And we use the hashtag MythTake. MythTake, yes. Um, Fresh
0: take on ancient ancient myth. myth. Yes.
1: And we will see you next episode. Yeah, for episode 13. 13. Oh, lucky 13. Lucky 13. Peter Okay, good night.